All right, hello there. Uh, I'm Jim Michael Vincent, and uh, you're listening to the audio commentary for the 1980s action-adventure television show, Airwolf, of which I was the lead actor. Now, I see why am I. I passed away in 2019. But contracts are contracts, and the Peacock had asked me to do audio commentary for all the episodes. So I'm going to do them from beyond the grave. And uh, we're going to go ahead and just get right into it. So go ahead, uh, go to the Peacock channel now. and uh, I hope you're already there. Press pause and go, because I'm about to press play, which I'm doing right now. There you go. So there's the title. It's called Airwolf. It's about a helicopter. That's me. I'm Jan Michael Vincent. That's the desert. Uh, I can't remember who Alex Cord was. We'll get to we'll get to why my memory's a little spotty. Um, the very good reason usually came in twelve packs. I had twelve pack of reasons, <laughs> but we'll get to that's all. Um, that's all in the past. I mean, because again, I'm dead. But uh, all right, here we go. We got some cool music. Uh, this was shot in uh, on Earth. Um, that's a newt or a gecko. I don't know. I, I actually don't show up for the first couple 20 minutes or something here. So I'm going to do what a lot of people do in movies, and that's called improvise. And I improvised a few lines in the show here, which I will... Uh, happily point out and um but airwolf was brought to me back in uh, 82 to star in and i was mulling over a couple projects one of which was called ceo c.e.o or Z- yeah o, not zero but it was called chimp executive officer and it was about a chimpanzee who inherits a fortune 500 company and i was going to play the greedy evil lawyer who is trying to wrestle the company away from the chimpanzee but i wanted to go a different route i like the outdoors i like uh action adventure and being stoic and not really having a lot of lines that's one of the main things i like about airwolf i didn't have that many lines as you will see in these 75 episodes so that that newt was real he was really easy to work with um he just kind of hung on that tire for a while and the director was like let's get that shot and then uh as you can see here he's gonna fall off in a minute he's okay though there he goes so there's the helicopter that's uh sort of the crux of the show right here is this multi-billion-dollar helicopter that uh, goes rogue, and then uh, I mean I'm spoiling already. The, the plot's about to kick in here. I thought that said "Devil's Anal" for a second. <laughs> I was like, I can't be. That can't be the right name. My eyes aren't as uh, good as they used to be. In fact, I don't, I'm dead, so I don't even have eyes anymore. They're just sort of 
glossy, uh, ethereal sort of. Uh, I don't want to get into it. You'll find out soon enough. That guy was a real asshole. Let me tell you. Yeah, he was not not easy to work with. No, that's a joke about food out in California not being the most traditional, you know what I mean? Back in the 80s, California was leading the health food craze, so they were eating a lot of salmon, cream cheese, and mashed yeast and stuff like that. And people in what is, quote, unquote, the heartland, they didn't get it. They didn't, you know, they're eating hungry mans and stuff like that, so... That was a nice uh, sort of joke to kind of say uh, what kind of people we're dealing with here. That's a lot of science talk. Now, that's all cool stuff. So when I first got this script, when I got to this page, I realized I wanted to be part of this project because clearly the writer, Don, had done his homework. You know, he had he sort of knew what knots were and um, that a helicopter could have missiles and sort of uh, flotation devices and whatnot. So that's a sort of lesson to all you writers out there, which is, you know, pepper your script with specifics. Specifics are your friend. Nuclear Ted, that was my nickname in high school. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. Couldn't let that one fly. You know what I mean? That's, you know, but Jan Michael Nuclear Tip Vincent. These guys are talking very close to each other. And uh, as an actor, you always sort of hope that your scene partner will brush and floss before scenes like this close. I have no inside information if either of those guys did that, but they are continuing to talk close, so I'm guessing that both of their breaths are uh, acceptable. These guys are pretending to be on uh, computers. For you young people out there, the Soviet Union is what uh, we used to call Russia. That's all the historical information I have on that. 
iconic look, a lot of uh, sort of an iconic look. I think most famously, uh, Colonel Sanders was a guy who wore an all-white suit. And I think that there was a novel called The Man in the White Suit, where I could completely be making that up. I, to be honest, I wasn't a reader when I was alive, and there are no books in heaven. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert twice. Jan Michael Vincent is in heaven, and there are no books. Nobody reads up here. I'm telling you. It was weird. I was surprised, too. I thought there would be a great library, at least with sort of lawyer fiction, that, you know, those lawyer thrillers that are so popular. Those aren't even up here. There are no books in heaven. It is, is mind-blowing. So there it goes. So, those, yeah, they can't even, you know. So Heat Seeker, that's a type of, a type of missile. That's a cool shot. I don't know how they did that. I was not, uh, all I did was act in this, by the way. So all of my quote-unquote inside information is uh, gleaned from when I was on set or in uh, overhearing people in the office or somebody would tell me, a bartender usually, the night that the show aired. He might have a, a sort of wise piece of information that I could now pass on to you. That motorcycle that you heard is not, don't be confused, that wasn't on the show. That was outside of my heavenly apartment. None of these guys are me, by the way. I actually didn't meet any of these guys. Kablamo! Now, you would think that might be the end of Airwolf, but... uh Not quite, yeah. Not quite indeed. There, I don't know how. That is quick. That might be too quick. I don't know if I'm buying that, but that was a quick uh, turnaround. At least to not even see it if you're the senator. That doesn't make any goddamn sense. So that was some backstory, and now we're getting right to the nitty-gritty, shooting the fucking place up. Look at that. Kablam. Kaboom. You got to get out of there, Sanders. Yeah, it's a lot of explosions. All those guys are probably dead. Not in real life. Not in real life. Although, 
the guy that was on the phone earlier, he is dead in real life because I, I ran into him up here about a couple months ago. And he came up to me. He was like, Jay and Michael, do you remember me? And I was like, nope. And he goes, I was in the first Airwolf. And I said, who the hell were you? You're not Ornisberg now. And I just ran into him. And he goes, oh, I was on the telephone in the uh, opening scene. So uh, anyway, we reminisced for about a half hour. And then I was on my way. See, that newt's still alive. And that's like, oh, that's a nice transition. That's bald eagle. That's the nation's bird. Yeah, that's me right there. You're goddamn right. Look at me. J. Michael Vincent. I'm really playing that, too. A lot of people don't know I went to uh, Juilliard. Not as a student, I had to use the restroom once. But I think I started playing the cello maybe a week before we started shooting this scene. Originally, it was just going to be an electric bass. But they couldn't find a place to plug it in. So I said, what about I bring my cello? I kind of lied because I thought that would look cool and... They love the idea, so I had to go to a guitar center and buy a brand new cello. It cost $2,000. And then I had to figure out how to fucking play the goddamn thing. So <clears throat> I did one of those uh, VHS tapes, kind of learned how to play cello. And I got to say, I, that, that was a hell of a teacher because I picked it right up. God, I have good hair. Really, really thin, but... I could grow it long, and that was really all I needed to do. So here comes another helicopter. That's not Airwolf. All right, don't don't mind me. I'm gonna crack open a beer here. Yeah, I can drink in heaven. I'm not an alcoholic. There aren't alcoholics up here. We're just uh, everyone has a good time. Oh God, that's good. That's what. That's what I need. This is going to be much more enjoyable for all involved. <clears throat> all right. Here we're talking. Now we are talking. This is an actress named Belinda Bauer. And uh, the first day I met her on set, I made a little crack that... Uh, one day, her and I would be married in heaven. And she she laughed at that, and I laughed at it. It was a good time. But uh, well, it turns out now here I am in heaven. Uh, Belinda's you know still alive, so I'm just sort of killing time until she knocks off and comes up here and we can be together. Now, the director said, I want you to pop the wine bottle and look up at them. As you can see here, coming up. I did the opposite. That's how John Michael Vincent rolls. I just kind of improvise, do whatever the fuck I want. And 
No, originally I had more lines there, but I decided to just say one thing. I was supposed to let her finish her line, but I thought it'd be cooler if I just cut her right off. Again, I improvise. Now, this was a fun scene because I actually didn't know what was going on, actually. I was... <clears throat> As I made a bit of a mention before, I used to drink quite heavily uh, when I was alive, and some say it derailed my career, and I'm not here to argue with that. And that's real wine in there, by the way. So every scene in this show was, uh, I think Paul Walker just drove by. But yeah, every scene in this show was, uh, Sort of a discovery for me. I had no freaking clue what was going on. I did like her a lot, actually. I'm waiting for her to die so we can be married in heaven for eternity. God damn it. All right. I, here's the thing. The peacock didn't give me an actual... I'm going to mute this fucking commercial. The, the peacock didn't give me a free subscription i mean how goddamn crazy is that you want me to do a job for you to promote a show that you're streaming and you can't give me a free fucking subscription so i gotta sign up for it at my new heaven gmail account and i gotta wrap up all of these in 30 days or they're gonna start charging me and uh, you know I don't know if there's a f f uh, former SAG president up here in heaven or something. I, I got to talk to him because there are no residuals. So I have no idea how I'm going to pay for the Peacock channel living in heaven. I mean, that just is outrageous. So, all right, commercial's over. If you didn't have commercial, I'm very sorry. I'll try and catch up real quick. There's some trees, some mountains. Uh, this is uh, California somewhere, devil's anal. There's my cabin, it, that dog I said earlier. I think that dog's looking right up her dress. That is what he's doing. I, uh, that's how, that was actually me laughing about it right there. That's weird. That's a weird thing to put in a television show. Sensible question from a sensible man. Two lines worth. I can't. Extreme prejudice. 
Yeah, you did. Because Stringfellow loves art. That's a character uh, trait, I guess you would say. I'm a very artistic man. I'm a daredevil, but I, I appreciate the finer things in life like Chardonnay and cello and Van Gogh. You're also probably wondering why my arm is in that particular position. And the truth is, when I was not on camera, I was getting uh, straight IV drips because I was close to death from drinking. Now, one fellow used to say something about a cigar uh, was a substitute for a penis. And uh, I really don't know why I brought that up. I don't really have any opinions on that. I don't even know who said it, but uh, there was a cigar on screen, so I thought I would just sort of bring it up. I'm always serious. Look at that. I actually had a big monologue here, and I told him I was not going to be able to do it that day. Now, this is cool. I just... We got a little backstory for me. I have a brother that may or may not be dead. I've got 12 priceless Van Goghs. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, I got a loyal dog. And I definitely feel comfortable leaving a fire going as I go to bed. And that was all sort of laid out in one scene. So that, again, for you uh, aspiring writers out there, hold on to me. Get another little sip here. Oh, God. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's just character building 101 right there. Uh, she's dreaming of me now. She's wearing uh, nothing but a rug. Little known fact, I composed the music that's playing right now. I'm also a bit of a concert pianist. I don't even really actually get that painting. I don't even think it's that good. More of a uh, sort of a portraiture... Uh, Nature, whatever, whatever, what's that called? Na uh, naturist. I don't get faces. <clears throat> Boom, there I am. <laughs> that was actually, well, the way we rehearsed that is I would follow her home after rehearsals and, and the shoot and just show up at her apartment like that. You did not want to talk. Let's 
not cut. Let's not let's not let's not pull each other's fingers here. Although that is a sex move in some countries. That's a classic uh, blocking where you grab someone and essentially change places. scene you know it's rare that a network television show will portray sex this accurately I mean this is no there I go I'm just gonna fall asleep the dog wants to have his turn enter I think I'm getting a little choked up watching me get choked up Uh, they don't give Oscars for television shows but maybe they ought to I actually did the eagle noises though in uh, the studio that dog smelling titty I think it sounded like that right You can see right now, white is a theme. Both characters have been dressed head to toe in white. And that character there, not her, but the other guy on the phone is, of course, named Archangel. So I think you can put two and two together that um, this has something to do with money. I remember being about five and a half hours late to set on this particular day. Had a rough night at uh, Chiz J out in Santa Monica. Just kind of bringing the whole place down with Harry Dean Stanton. And uh, I'd be damned if I wasn't a little sick that morning. So they had to completely make up this whole scene to sort of make up for the fact that my character is not awake yet. 
Stringfellow is not afraid of anything. That's not true. Don't listen to him. He's a liar. I just choose to stay out of dangerous situations. That black and white photo is of me and the actor who played Tonto. Goddamn commercials. Jesus fucking Christ. Gonna have to mute that now. All right. So I have 30 seconds here. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about what it's like to live in heaven. Uh, volleyball is huge up here. There's a lot of courts. Um, but even though courts are a plenty, you still got to call ahead to reserve them because there's at least about a billion people up here. And uh, I'd say about 30 to 45 percent of them really like to play the sport of volleyball. So if you are a volleyball enthusiast and you may have COVID or some sort of disease, just uh, just know that you'll be able to play up here. But, uh, you know, reserve the court. All right, here we go. We're back. Now, this is a cool thing. This is kind of a TV show in the TV show. They call that meta, meta fiction. That's Matthew Modine right there. He was in Full Metal Jacket, and uh, I think he played Ed Bagley Jr. for about 25 years. Those gentlemen in the background are pretending to be DPs, which is Director of Photography. There I am. Here's a fun fact. I was actually asleep there. They uh, went ahead and just rolled. And then the director would just yell my lines and I would repeat them. Now, anybody see this? Look at my fingernail. On my left hand, it was a. Uh, I jammed it. That's why that fingernail is blue. I jammed it on uh, playing basketball with Malcolm Jamal Warner from the Cosby Show. He be ended up beating me. I I, I will admit, hell of a jumper. Kind of locked down D. He was good. Look at that. This scene is fucking cool. I'll tell you what right now.
The nice thing about wearing sunglasses during a scene like this is I don't have to have my eyes open at all. Um, I found I remembered lines better uh, with my eyes closed. Now, of course, in some scenes, that's not possible. You have to have your eyes open. But in this scene in particular, that wasn't the case, so that was pretty cool. I'm really flying here, actually. That was not supposed to happen, but I just went ahead and took the controls and, you know, again, thank 12 12-ounce 12 Budweiser's for that courage. I call this move the, uh, oh shit, what the hell is that guy's name from Twilight Zone? Uh, Vic Morrow. I call that move the Vic Morrow. That would have been much funnier if I had remembered it on the moment, but I didn't, so, uh, you know. My name, I'm Jan Michael Vincent, not Groucho Marx. Let's kind of keep that in mind, folks. Those were my feet. Not sure why there's a news crew there, but I guess the director had his reasons. There's a good shot of my man, Ernest Borgnine, good buddy of mine. When we were both cast on this particular show, uh, real quick, we didn't shoot in Libya. That's way too dangerous. That's uh, just outside of Glendale, California. But anyway, Ernie and I decided to have a little bond session down in Tijuana, and uh, we had a good time. We stayed about two and a half weeks down there, and uh, just a lot of boozing and senoritas, and uh, we ended up becoming really good friends after that. And I remember uh, one particular lady in a donkey, and... Uh, it was a sort of different form of entertainment they got down there. They don't have the TV shows that we do, like the quality programs like Airwolf and Cosby Show and and uh, Supermarket Sweep. So they, they have to, you know, find their own entertainment. And we don't do it here, but I don't cast any judgment on them. I mean, you know, both donkey and woman seem to be enjoying the proceedings. So, uh, and, you know, held during half of it, Right in the middle there, uh, Ernie decided to get on stage, and he was riding the donkey while she was, you know, um, tenderly kissing him and pleasuring him. So, anyway, that was a wild uh, couple weeks down there. That may look, this guy's outfit may look outrageous, but that is how they dress in Glendale. Now, a lot of people are probably uh, keenly aware that nobody in this scene is of Arab descent. I mean, this guy is a Brooklyn Italian, and, uh, you know, that that's just what they did back then. It's, it wasn't right, and I think things are different now, or they were in 2019 before I passed away. 
So it's better. You get more what they call representation. You get the you get the exact person, who, that ethnicity, that gender, that sexuality. You get that, and really, you don't even need actors. You can just go ahead and get a cattle call of different types of people and have them just tell their story on camera because that's what entertainment is now. Not gonna lie, that thing looks like a penis aimed right at him. That guy went on to play Ricky Gervais in The Office. A lot of people don't remember that, but he did. These are all pretty cool graphics. They were cutting edge at the time. Your average phone has uh, more high-tech stuff in it. But back then, I mean, that was, uh, you know, that was top of the line, baby. There's that plane with no nose. It's a little weird. So I remember the first time I saw this episode in 1984 and... At the time, I was going through a hell of a divorce, and it's so weird they got stock footage. I think that's from World War II there. But anyway, I was going through a divorce at the time, and I remember just yelling at my wife, and she was throwing plates at me, and and our kid was crying his eyes out, and I was about to do some real damage when I suddenly realized that my new television show was about to premiere, so we... You know, one thing her and I could do was we could put a break to the devastation and the destruction, and we both sat down, and she ended up making some Jiffy Pop, and I recall it being a good night. So for you young viewers out there, Vietnam was a war that the United States engaged in in the late 60s and early 70s that we won and uh, have, haven't looked back since. Now this was a big day. It was me and Oscar Winner and his four nine, and I remember just thinking, Go, kind of going over the script pages and making little notes like say line turn head say line turn head that time I didn't turn my head but the uh, previous few times I slowly turned my head
See, there I go. Slow turn. That's kind of what I was known for, was delivering one line at a time and slowly turning my head to who I was talking to. Very patriotic helicopter here. So the director just said, look around a bunch, look over here, look over here, everything's gone. Your Van Goghs, your Matisses, your Monets, your Manets, they're all gone. Cello's still there, though, thank God. Anybody know what I just said there? I couldn't. Even, I, I've done three of these uh, takes, and I still don't know what I said. I really like how I delivered that line right there. This is one of my favorite moments. It's coming up right here. It's a good line about the dog. Yeah, there we go. Smart dog. Now, we, we did about 12 takes, and I improvised a different line every time. Some lines were like, I think that dog could be president one day. That dog is as big as a Chrysler. Whose dog is that? That one was nixed right away because I would clearly know that it was my dog. So here we are. This uh, is a dancer named Monica Gibraltar. I actually choreographed this entire dance. She's dancing for a bar full of Libyans. That again we shot in Glendale. You don't understand what you must have seen in with your skinny bodies. In the desert, a body like this would wither and die in a matter of hours. How can she last with such a body one bit better? It's a very good point, by the way. Yeah, there we go. There's a twirl. She's about to do a period. This, by the way, is not an actual bar in Glendale. I should make that very clear. This was an auto zone that the production team really turned around and uh, made it look like a legitimate... Libyan bar, something Gaddafi could sip some whiskey in. And, uh, I just, you know, 
I haven't spoken to any of these people in 40 years, but I like to give credit where credit's due. And, uh, you know, I'm sure some of them are about to ship on up here. So I thought I would, you know, make friends. Now, my only beef with this scene is that I, I swear to God, I choreographed a full dance. And in my opinion, and again, I'm biased because I'm the artist, but there wasn't enough. I mean, this is just a medium shot of her swaying her head. I mean, that wasn't even I didn't, that wasn't even a part of my original dance. She was just doing that. So that's very frustrating. But, you know, you just kind of roll with the punches, I guess. Fifteen. That's a. Uh, that's a little young. <laughs> I'm just gonna. That was. A, I don't think that would fly today. I got real bait on that fishing pole, by the way. You're about to see my work in action. The original line was "Sit down, you stupid bitch," but they, you know, standards and practices and whatnot. Now, fun fact, that fish turned out to be exactly three pounds. So your boy called it. Maybe that's a big mouth Billy Bass. I'm J. Michael Vince is going to be cooking that up rats in with some butter and olive oil and a little balsamic glaze for the salad. Ready? There I go. So here's, here's something funny about this scene. I actually, hand to God, did not know we were filming. I thought we, I thought Blair and I, I thought Belinda and I were on an actual date. I swear to God. And it, I mean, it finally dawned on me when the director, Don, yelled cut. And I realized that everything I had just said in the previous five minutes uh, had actually been scripted days before by a bunch of Jewish writers, but for a minute there, I I thought this whole thing was a legitimate date. I was actually supposed to have a line there, but I just, for the life of me, could not ever remember it. And 
after about 25 takes, Don, the director, decided to just let's move the fuck on. So we just, uh, just left it like that with a little smile and a back to the fish. I remember that being called the USS Bob Hope. I don't think it's currently in uh, active duty. As you can tell by the music, some stuff's about to go down. They're about to use Airwolf for evil purposes. There's a bunch of homosexual men running for their lives. That's time not being degrading. I mean, everyone knows the men in the Navy are. Uh... Well, that's it. So that's, yep. We're gonna. There's a second part to this. Uh, that'll be next week because uh, I'm not gonna handle one of these. Other times. Um, yeah. Thanks for uh, listening. And, uh, Join me. Make sure that.